0: Thank you
1: Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Max Rose, and I'm joined today by Dr. Megan Pallister, an OBGYN here in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here. I've gotten so many questions from my Instagram followers that they have for an OB, um, my first OB on the show. And you're female and you're 35 and you have a kid kid and you are married and you seemingly do so much. And um, I... I have most most of the questions that people have wanted me to ask have to do with how are you doing that. Um, you're also extremely relatable. You have an Instagram feed at Dr. Megan Pallister, which I love following. It um, It's not what you would expect of an OBGYN. You're so open and honest about your own experiences and um, your, experiencing de- your experiences delivering babies. You've also had a miscarriage yourself and you've talked openly about that. So we're going to discuss that on the show today. Um We're going to discuss issues of breastfeeding and bottle feeding and the way hospitals are changing as far as encouraging that and supporting women. And I just have so many things to ask you. So without any further ado, um, let's start with what it's like to deliver babies when you have a baby. How did that change everything for you? You have a two and a half year old now? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did that, how was that a game changer in your career to deliver your own child?
0: Um, well, first of all, I hated being pregnant more than anything in the whole world. Um, I just was so on edge all the time. I stressed out my husband to the max. <laughs> um, my labor actually went amazingly. Um, and postpartum was, you know, a surprise as it is to all of us. Even um, after being an OB and working with all these women, it was still, oh a my God, it was such a surprise. I, I'm I, I was telling you earlier, like I am such a better gin now that I've had a baby and I've gone through that postpartum period. Um, it's just such a shock to me that we don't talk about the things that my patients don't even talk to me. I think they do now because I like inquire about it, but I do, they just don't talk to me about the little things that are bothering them or questioning, you know, that they're googling at, at three a.m., you know, while breastfeeding or whatnot. Um, like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Like, it was just the bathroom. Just the whole going pee for the first time. Oh my! Taking God. twenty minutes, just the whole shebang. The you know? process. The, the process. Squirt bottle. All the things. <laughs> um, that was just like so surprising to me. How much of the day and your
1: pee like doesn't come out. You have it's to like just, sit
0: there. Nobody tells you that, or that's it comes out happen. when you're up walking up the stairs. Oh you yeah, know? that
1: part's fun too.
0: Um, just all that. I think no one had, and people. I guess people thought it was normal, and it, it is normal to a degree. But now I feel like I can relate to my patients more. I can We can laugh about it. We can talk about it. We can, I can say, hey, wait, no, no, that's not normal or that is normal, you know, or just kind of give them tips and tricks that I've learned. Maybe not like medical school tips, right? Just things that I've learned in life um, and from other patients, just like everything I've gathered now. So I think being, having that pregnancy, going through it, going through postpartum really made me, well, and a better mom too, because I've learned from my patients. I've learned... To be patient. I mean, it's just the whole new world. Um
1: I remember going to the doctor to my OBGN right after Selma was born and looking at him and thinking, wait, you didn't tell me any of this stuff was gonna happen to me. Like, do you understand what's going on in my life right now? Like I've entered the other side of the world and what what am I supposed to do?
0: <laughs> yeah. And we used to not see patients until six weeks after, right? Oh. So I think that was a huge thing because I think that happened even after I was postpartum. So now I see everyone two weeks out. And while it may be a video visit, I'm still looking at them in their face. We're still talking about things. I'm still like seeing the stress and the tire, the fatigue, you know, everything. Um, but a lot of people do choose to come see me at two weeks. But I see everyone at some point two weeks out. And you just notice so much more of that, like postpartum baby blues or even depression starting. Like you can really see it. And That's you can, about when, two weeks. Yeah, two yeah. weeks like is when depression kind of sets in. And before that, it's really baby blues. Um, and I definitely went through that 100%. Like my pediatrician. Was the one who told me like at my, you know, she. Did my you know depression scored. out? I, I was like, oh, I was like doing it, and I was like, oh yeah. I'm <laughs> was that difficult for you to accept? Like you knew the technicalities of it, maybe, and I, you're going to
1: the doctor, and you have another doctor telling you that this yeah. is something you're experiencing.
0: I mean, it was just like a shock because you're so tired, and you're just not thinking about that aspect of yourself, um, and you're not worrying about that as much. But and you have to think like I, mom first, baby. Like mom's health has to come first to make yeah. sure that you keep that baby safe and happy and healthy. Um, and so if you're ignoring your, you know, that depression or any of those. And depression
1: creeps up on you anyway. So especially when your hands are full and you're doing a million things at once. Yeah.
0: And I just have, so those two week visits are eye opening, I think. And so I think all those, all that conversation that I, well, I I don't think I initially, I definitely didn't tell warn people what postpartum would be like before I went through it because I'm not going to, it's just ne- kind of negative, right? Like, well, yeah. hey, you're about to, like, never sleep again. But I do kind of try now because, like, a lot of people, you know, I was the same way. I was like, a 38 weeks, give this baby out of me. I want, I'm i done, you know? Yeah. And a lot of patients are like that, especially first-time moms because um, it's rough. And I try to sit down and be like, I know you're ready, but, like, you know, spend some time with your partner or, like, spend some time for yourself because your life's about to get rocked, you know? And, and I kind of not negatively tell that, like, try to – Be negative about what they're about to experience, but like try to make it real. Well, I
1: think I would appreciate something like that. I promised myself I wouldn't do it the second time around. And the second time around, I would still like get this baby out of me. I I think it's biological. You're supposed to really want it. Yeah. Because I think if we didn't, it'd be so much harder to comprehend what was happening or to take it in.
0: I was just ready. I think... I was tired of taking care of him myself. I wanted some, like someone else, to help me take care of him. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah, I was like, I want you out, so someone else can look at you, like feed you, be be, like you can be okay, and someone else can take care of you. I was just kind of.
1: It's tough being pregnant in those last few weeks. It's 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 challenging, and then we forget that too, and we're like, okay, get uh, one person ran into me when I was pregnant with my first, and I I was like forty weeks pregnant in four days, and she. Um, she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm just ready to be done. And she goes, oh, you're about to wish you were still pregnant. Yeah, and I thought, what a thing to say to someone. Right. I mean, how dare you? And then I was like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. That's why I try not to say because it's so true, but yeah. they don't, no one will understand. And, and then I totally, people come back and they're like, I get it. I'm waiting. Cause they're all, you know, you're so tired in that third trimester, not sleeping, yeah. peeing every five minutes. And I'm like, I promise you, you're you're getting more sleep than you're about to get. Like try to re try to like soak that in, you know. And I try to say it in different ways, and then they all come back in that two week visit. And they're like, "Yep, yeah, I'm more tired than I ever thought I could be." You know, yep. you're right. And I'm like, I don't know how to. I, don't, I haven't figured out how to how to approach that subject perfectly yet. I haven't, but I'm trying to prepare moms for that postpartum period because i hear that so much no one prepared me for this no one prepared me for how miserable these first two weeks were going to be or how hard they were and some people love that newborn period don't get me wrong I yeah did not. there
1: are people who do and i actually i loved it with my second <sighs> and i thought the first one the first time around it was horrendous and the second time around i was like oh my god i'm one of those people that i swore i would never be or that i swore didn't I'm, even exist i thought people were lying i'm I was glad like, people do all of you people who are telling me that you enjoy this you're liars you're yeah. lying people
0: I'm glad people do. It gives the rest of us hope because yeah. I, I I don't think it was very fun.
1: Oh my god, it's definitely it's definitely full of challenges. So you mentioned that you do a video call with your patients, which I've never heard of. And you're just a you're a, you're a doctor that uses modern technology like none I've ever seen. So you're on Instagram. You're extremely transparent. Um, you talk to your patients through Instagram in such an amazing way. You're not my doctor, but I've learned so much from you just following you on Instagram. So how what what prompted you to be out there in that way, you know, you really bring your practice to other people either by doing video calls at two weeks. That sounds incredible. Not having to hobble to my appointment and just making information available to them through social media.
0: You know, I don't know how it's got started. I really don't remember. It was, it's definitely a slow start. It's a lot of work as you probably I can mean, imagine. You know. I'm thinking,
1: when does she have time to do this? <laughs> like when I'm on call and busy. I'm
0: sitting waiting for babies or something, yeah. honestly, I'll like, that's really when I do it. Um, and there'll be weeks where I'm super busy and nothing comes out, you know, but, um, I did it primarily to, um, kind of get my, persona out there and like have people understand because I think OBGYN is such a personal field and you want your OB you want someone to to like that you can talk to and I wanted people to kind of know me in that way and then I wanted to to kind of educate people that's like what I've always thought as a physician you should do first is be an educator um, for patients and so I feel like it's very helpful that was initially if you go back, it was all like pep smears, this, this, this. And then it has evolved into like people, things that people want to know. and People ask me. And so, and people, things that I hear a lot. And, but initially it was all, and it still is about educating my patients and kind of giving them, um, things to grab onto and, and ask more questions from, you know?
1: So you have been very transparent about the experience of having a miscarriage and you had one yourself. Would you be willing to talk to me about that and your experience and- dealing with patients who've had miscarriages?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how transparent I have been, I guess. Um, I, I definitely, and I've, it happened in the summer um, and, uh, you know, as anyone's gone through it, it's really a tough period that you probably don't ever see yourself going through. And even me, like knowing how common it is, um, I didn't see myself going through it even I knew it was a- possibility. I totally did, but when it happened, it kind of rocks your world a little bit um and so i've been transparent in the sense that you know i'm not out i I'm not out there i haven't told the world, I guess, but when patients have gone through it, you know, I sit there and i'm I'm like, I, this happened in this room with with you know a month ago um a few patients have actually gone through the same ex experience in that same room that happened to me um and you know, I just find that. Uh, I've had friends that have come to me, maybe because I'm an ob but good friends that have come to me and like told me about their experience and like wanted reassurance that it was going to be okay, things like that. And and so I, I know that from them coming to me and now knowing that I've gone through it and made me feel better, that like people around you have gone through it and are okay, you know, and are getting, have gone through it, have gotten gotten through it. And so I feel like that is my duty, A, and and B as a human, like just to like excuse. Like kind of share my experience with that process that just sucks. You know, it just, I had to go to work that afternoon, you know? I mean, I probably didn't, but I did. And I had to go to work Monday too. And I had to just kind of put it behind me. Um, And I don't think I really... I think if you ask my husband, like he was, you know, you forget about them in the process sometimes too, but your partner's definitely reeling with it as well. They may not be a physical aspects, but I definitely don't think I dealt with it. in like a short per- per- term period, I think it took me a couple of weeks to kind of, I don't know. When
1: I read things on social media about miscarriage and support for people who've had miscarriages, there's a lot of talk about just validating that even if you had a baby in your womb for 12 weeks or 8 weeks, it's still a baby. It's still valid and like it's still a valid experience. And I think that one of the one of the feelings that's been relayed to me from my friends who've experienced this is just that yeah, like, you know, I was barely pregnant and I didn't even look pregnant, but it was so significant to me and like the loss feels significant to me.
0: Yeah, I I can't imagine anyone telling you that it couldn't feel significant. It's any point in pregnancy feels different. In the very beginning, it's the most exciting part, right? Yeah. I mean, you haven't maybe told anyone, but you've, you've told your, like your family, your, you're, you're, you know, and you're excited and you've, you know, you've thought about things that you shouldn't have thought about names and yeah, of course, like, girl you It's going to be a boy. So I had, It's crazy that someone would say it's not significant. I mean, I I can't tell you that like a seven-week miscarriage versus a 25-week miscarriage is the same, but, you know, every person deserves to um, feel like that loss is validated.
1: Yeah. To grieve that process. Well, that's amazing that you're able to talk to your patients coming from this place of experience. I'm sorry that you had that experience, but you are able to offer that. That's one of the coolest things about you, I think, is that you are the model of a, you know, young mother who's raising a young family and you're also delivering babies. It's not something that we hear of that often, um, although we should and we should know more people like you. So you were speaking about your husband earlier and one of the questions I got was how you balance your marriage and the kids and being in the busiest profession in the world. And I asked you about this before we recorded and you said, well, I don't. And no, I said, well, tell me more about that. Cause I think, um, more people need to hear that, yeah. you know, no, I
0: definitely don't. And I think if you asked my husband, he'd be like, huh? No, huh? No, 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 no. We try. Does I he mean, work as well? He is a, a vascular surgeon. So oh, he's, wow. okay. he's, well, he just finished training. So he was insanely busy and I mean, I, it was horrible, but it's bit been better, gotten better. Um, so we're, we're just a team, like we have to be a team. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, he has the earlier mornings and so I'm the one taking the kid to, to school and, 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 you know, getting things ready for the most part, not every day. Um, but it, it's a, just a team effort and not even just to two of us, like all the people that take care of your kid, like the yeah. school. I mean, my parents are very helpful. They thankfully live close. I mean, I don't know. I don't, uh, you always have to think about your marriage. Like I don't, having a kid, um, definitely changes things, right? I mean, Oh, for you sure. Forget about your spouse or partner, um, very
1: quickly. Well, it's a survival instinct. You have to keep this tiny baby alive. That's helpless.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was that first two, three weeks was really rough. Um, I will say like, we, we, we learned a lot about each other, Yeah, um, about how we cope with stress and how patient <laughs> each other are. are and how not. impatient you yeah. can be. Absolutely. Um,
1: well, when you're both exhausted, it's like you're at your worst. Yeah. Well, we and thought, it's hard to know that that time is temporary.
0: We thought we could do it. We were like, oh, we've done months of nights in a row and yeah. we've done 24 call, calls and like, no, it's, it's back to back to back to back. And that is nothing like we've ever done. And you're, you're keeping like a tiny human alive. And it was just, no, it was nothing. So
1: for anyone who's ever thought that the newborn phase is easy, you're hearing from a doctor Sorry. who's on call. No, yeah. it's true. Who's on call. That, yeah, it's not even close. Mm. It's on call all the time until whenever. I mean, my daughter Violet has been an excellent sleeper since she was born, thank God. But she's teething right now. And I didn't have that experience with my daughter Selma. And she's been awake for like two to three hours every night for like a week. And she's nine months old. So this has just hit us like a ton of bricks. We're used to sleeping and we're just zombies. (laughs) It's like.
0: You just don't, with kids, you just don't know if this thing they're doing is going to end or not. No, you don't don't know. know. No, after having the first, I know that the second will be easier. Because I know that like, okay, one day you will sleep. Like, right. I mean, you will sleep. It happens. But like in the first six weeks with my, my child never slept in the first six weeks. And then, I don't know. So at eight weeks, he just slept the night and then never looked back, which, well, there was some period, you know, there was some right. rocks in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. But back to your question, I don't do it. I don't think I've ever said I can adequately say that I keep my marriage and my work life and my family, like it's just, it's, it's really hard to juggle. Well, but, I
1: think more people need to hear that because I had a guest come on my show the other day and she said sort of while we weren't recording that when she listens to my guest, she just has to remind herself that like she's good enough because these women are doing so much and like that is ex- the exact opposite of what I would want anyone to think or feel when they're listening to this yeah. because the point is like none of us are balancing it perfectly and we're no. all just trying our best.
0: I mean, I think my work life, I'm lucky that I have like amazing group of partners who we all really support each other. I really do think I'm really lucky. Um, And I think that like my patients are really understanding. I mean, I'm I'm like, I have a two and a half year old and like my husband's on call every third night. So like I, I can't come in the middle of the night. Sometimes it doesn't happen that often that, 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 that does occur, but like they understand, you know, and, um, I think I have to set up those expectations, um, and explain to them and th- they understand. I mean, I think that they're about to become parents or moms and
1: they probably also really appreciate that you understand it once they have the baby, that you understand what it's like to have a kid. Yeah. I remember when I had Selma and just coming to the my doctor after for my two week checkup and he was like kind of, checking me off, checking off the boxes and telling me, you know, he wasn't going to see me until my pap like a year later. And I was like, I no, don't, you, what? Like, help me. Yeah. yeah you supposed yeah, to help me. Yeah. I know. That's don't the hard part go. to be like,
0: wait, I don't get to see you. Yeah. It's like sad. Every week. and have seen them then all all of a sudden, for a year. Yeah. 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 No, I don't let the, I say you have to come back in three months after their last visit. I'm like, okay, three more months and then we can do your, you know, pap smear.
1: And I remember being so excited to yeah. see him again.
0: Yeah. It's, um, but I don't know. I just... I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well,
1: one of the things that I've been really excited to talk to you about is I've been reading a lot of articles recently about baby friendly hospitals, which I guess is this idea that I-, I noticed it a lot more when Selma was born. I think it's changed a lot in the last few years. When Selma was born, all of the focus in the hospital was on breastfeeding her um, and what she needed. And basically, none of it was on me. And when I had Violet, it was really different. I had a lot of people coming around talking to me about postpartum depression, what it was, what the signs were, it was a um, And breastfeeding was suggested, but it wasn't pushed on me in the way that it was so aggressively with um, Selma. With Selma, it was like, this is what you have to do. There's no other choice. And with Violet, it was like, well, what are you going to do? And if you want to breastfeed, we'll support you with that. And I had such a more delightful postpartum experience with Violet as a result. What do you know about that? And like, what are we learning about the way hospitals are and how it affects women postpartum? Well,
0: there was a recent like research article that came out about that that said that it's not working the way they wanted it to work. I think out. I saw that on your yeah. Instagram. Yeah. yeah, And I was my sister-in-law sent it to me and I was like actually not shocked, but right. it was cool that they like brought that to the forefront. Um I worked at another hospital in Houston that was like huge. It was huge and you you the baby had to spend 23 out of 24 hours with mom and that was that was the baby friendly technique. You know, so not in the nursery. Like, no, like no yeah. nurseries do not exist anymore. Like, right. They not don't. A,
1: I remember my mom being like, why don't you put the baby in the nursery so you can get some sleep? And no. I was like, mom, I'll get kicked out of the
0: hospital. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Um So, you know, that shocked a lot of people when that was not the norm for what they either their parents had thought or even like their last baby. Sometimes if someone delivered, if they delivered somewhere else, but, um and that was so, so that they, they, you know, the thought process was that if you're with the baby, um, that often that you know the whole experience of becoming of latching and all those are good it's gonna be easier for you but yeah like you said that just puts a lot of stress on the mom and they're not really showing you how to do it. they're just like here you go now like put like lock yourself we're gonna lock you in this room go for it oh it's, it's kind horrible. of how it feels. That's literally how it felt yeah. and I think I think it's just not they didn't it didn't come it didn't work the way they wanted it to work right um I think You know, and it really, I think, depends on the nurses and how much time you have to spend with the lactation consultant and how like what you know going forward, um, going into that, you know, what do you know about breastfeeding? What do you what do you want to do? I think has education pre preemptively is very um, is very important because you have to like kind of have an idea of what what it's going to be like. Not, Not I'm not saying you all have to go research it, but it's nice to know. Like a little bit about um breastfeeding. So I do try to educate my patients on like, okay, what do you want to do? Like what pump do you wanna use? Like when are you going to start when are you gonna go back to work? Like what what um what are your goals? You know, things like that, like what questions do you have? And I always have them go talk to a pediatrician because pediatrician is very helpful in that too, because I think if you're gonna who's gonna tell you to supplement formula, a pediatrician is, because they're not growing, right? Right. Our is not gonna be anyone, like they're not no. gonna be around in that time period where about the breast, like how important breastfeeding is or is not to to you or the baby, right? Like right. so, I think our hospital does a little bit of a better job. I think of not pushing that. I think we do have the nursery. Like yeah. I don't know how. I don't really know about the whole baby friendly thing at our at women's hospital, but it it's definitely they're definitely the, a nursery. You can send the baby if you want. They they do push breastfeeding. I know that because I know patients have become somewhat depressed over yeah the way it that can be depressing they've... you want
1: to do everything to provide the right thing for your baby yeah. and then you think that you're not able to
0: and then the other way around it's like some nurses will just push formula and it just really depends on who you um i don't know who you're who you what your relationship is with that nurse what time of the day you deliver like if it's the middle of the night if it's not right. like if you're if you're struggling some nurse might just put formula in your hands. Mm-hmm. Or if the baby's in the NICU, you're going to get formula. But I have had multiple patients recently who, you know, have been distraught because their babies have been, um, you know, in the NICU for a little bit and been feeding on formula um, and they've been pumping and they're like, "When am I ever? I'm never going to get to breastfeed. I'm like, you really can can change the that, Um, there's
1: so much urgency around it like don't give the baby a pacifier don't like if he doesn't latch he's never going to it's like so intense but
0: it's such a learning experience and it's not like okay now the baby's oh great has a pacifier like even I I remember they took my baby away for the bath and they brought him back and they had a pacifier and I like I was like oh my god that's not supposed to be until like day eight or something. Yeah. They tell you like day eight. And I two freaked weeks. out yeah. and then I like Googled it and I was like, Oh wait, it's fine. Okay. I re-
1: I did that with Violet and then my pediatrician was like, you're,
0: she takes the passy. You're pretty lucky. Yeah. You just enjoy that. I was that. like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll just sleep for a minute, you know? Right?
1: Um, We get all these like gifts, like the pacifier and like the baby sleeps more often or whatever. And like, we're taught to sort of overanalyze them. Like, oh my God, like we shouldn't be letting them have the passy, And like, we're so hard on ourselves. And even the nursery thing, the second time around for me, I had Violet and I was just like in awe and enamored with her. But I was like, please take the baby to the nursery while I sleep. And when she's ready to nurse, you can bring her back. And they just kind of looked at me and were like, all right. And I could tell they are not asked this question very often anymore because sending your baby to the nursery is no longer a thing, but it's available to me and I'm staying in this hospital and there's no difference between her staying there and staying in my room next to me. And I might as well get some perfectly good sleep, not worrying about it. And you can bring her to me because I'm here for two nights and I need to rest.
0: So I feel strongly about if that's, that's what you want to do. I think that's totally fine. And your breast milk will not come in like immediately. So babies don't need much. So, and and I think that's, I feel like, I don't know who, who's educating some patients sometimes, but I'm, you know, I'll go see someone postpartum day one and I'm like, how is breastfeeding going? Like, is it, is it going? Do you feel like, how do you feel about it? You know, I always ask. And they're like the baby can't latch. So they're on formula. And I'm like, wait, what? where did you, who told, you know, and I don't, I don't care about formula, go for me if you want, like, I, you know, but I want to support mom, like, cause I can tell that mom's like upset that the baby can't latch. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, the lactation consultant will be here later today. And it just takes some time to like understand what mom wants. Cause some moms want to formula feed. That's fine. That's their, you know, that's their prerogative. They can do that. You can, yeah. you know, but I don't think that anyone should be like forced one way or the other. And I feel like it's just, just is these days unfortunately that's
1: how i was with selma i felt like it was too late like when she wasn't latching properly and i i was just told by so many people like if she wasn't going to do it immediately she was never going to oh, do it and I, I just like totally lost faith in myself and i was kind of devastated that i didn't get to breastfeed her like i pumped for like a month but then i was just i hated pumping oh, and i was too. done Pumping's like the worst
0: <laughs> so i really really try to say that um the hospital like the whole experience of the hospital like will not set a um like that is not what, how your relationship feeding relationship is going to go. Yeah. Like, it's the that hospital is such good advice is like completely do not compare that to how anything else could go. I mean, I have multiple patients, friends, who have formula fed and and pumped and then gone to directly breastfeeding for a year. I have made multiple people, you know, some babies on the NICU for five, six days and then go home and mom's, you know, not even been with the baby that much and been able to breastfeed. You vice versa, you have moms that are great at breastfeeding and then just like, this is too much. I have two other kids at home. You're going to get formula. Okay. You know, there's so many different ways and your breast milk, especially first time moms is not going to come in t- day four or five. So when you're in the hospital and like, oh, things are going fine, great, okay. Or they're not. Um, when you go hit day four or five, that's when That's when you know that's when happen. things are going on. That's when you need that lactation consultant. Um, that's when you need help because that's like the I think the hardest time when the baby's like actually grow like needing more food because initially the babies come out they're waterlogged it, like, there was a study Some one of the pediatricians told me once, really interesting like years ago there was like an earthquake and a building collapsed and in a hospital and there were a bunch of babies in the nursery that's like in another country and eight days um, later after they like uncovered the rubble all the babies were alive like in yeah, there this is a true story yeah because they don't need that much they don't need that much they're completely waterlogged just like you know you feel super swollen after delivery and you are you're yeah. completely swollen. Babies are swollen too. You know how much yeah, weight they, have they like lose. Those chunky little faces when yeah. they're
1: bored, and then you're like, "Oh wait, you're really scrawny." And when their get home. their
0: bellies are like the size of grapes. They don't need much, and you're not making much. And I think patients stress so much about how oh, they're not making enough, and it's like, yeah, you don't need to. It's totally okay. Like you know, it, they're you're in the hospital. They're gonna tell you if the baby's losing too much weight or not. Like that is just it's gonna come with time, and so I think it's just like that immediate like. Oh, this isn't working. Is like that stresses people out. Like if you're fine with that and you want to do a formula, fine. But I think a lot of this depression of breastfeeding and this like kind of social. It's a
1: social thing too. Oh my
0: gosh, people being judged on like oh. you didn't I was talking about this on our last years. podcast.
1: Yeah, we I was talking to the people who created the Social Mama app, and they're talking about how they created this app for women to form female friendships with other moms because the Facebook groups are so judgy about formula feeding and breastfeeding yeah. and people attack each other about it all the time but yeah. I think so many people need to hear what you just said about that four to five day period in the hospital so yeah. many people either think they've got it and then yeah. they get home and everything's and second, messed up third
0: baby's easier sometimes yeah. not all the time but it, it can be right and I wonder if that's why they kind of didn't bother you because they're like oh she already has a baby she's made her decision so which is not always the case you know maybe your first baby like they
1: treated me totally differently yeah second like timer Around. that but could be probably, part
0: of it I'm wondering if they were like oh she's she's made her decision she'll either do it breastfeed her or she won't and so we'll leave her alone you know yeah and it can sometimes it is easier just your milk comes in faster when you're a new your second third time mom um but I experienced like <laughs> I was like oh I'll breastfeed you know like we'll see how it goes And in the hospital, I don't even remember any like milk coming out. I don't, I mean, uh, my child cried 24 hours a day. I have no idea if he got enough, if he didn't, but he, you know, didn't lose too much weight. So I went home. Lactation consultant came, left. I don't remember learning anything, just getting some paperwork. Um, Now I will say some of our lactation consultants are awesome, but I just don't feel like I got anything out. I don't think I needed any, I didn't have any questions, you know, like I didn't know what to ask. And then I get home and it's like the most painful experience I've ever experienced. Um, like You can't walk. Uh, it's well, like crazy. But just the breastfeeding was <laughs> oh, like yeah. so oh. painful. And I was yeah. like in tears. And day five, I my husband finds me downstairs with the baby screaming. I'm crying. I'm like you know boiling pump parts because i had never opened my pump um and watching youtube videos on how to use my pump oh yeah nobody tells you how to use no, the pump or I what a pump, pump even tell is. People, And
1: like i was just listening to you say that you talk to your patients about the pump i was like i was in yes. a hospital i think figuring out what a pump was
0: well, you should not usually have to use a pump in the hospital like maybe, well, maybe you will maybe if you have a c-section but I if you g- don't yeah. you'll never learn until you learn yourself so i always yeah. tell my patients open it sterilize those parts read the directions like i like the Spectra because it's pretty easy to use but yeah, my you don't No, they give you all these parts you don't need, so you got to figure out what you need for your bot for your. Oh my god, so many stuff. So he found me downstairs. I was crying. I was like, Oh my god, this is like. So I called a lactation consultant. She came to my house, and like. It took so, a few weeks, but like we got it down, you know. Like it just took time and a lot of people. It takes time and patience, but it's so true that like the first,
1: the second time around, I boiled all my pump parts and read all about my spectra because I had You're a Medela the first time around. Yeah, and like well, I was ready. I yeah. was ready to go. I had the pumping bras, and then I ended up like not really even pumping, which I did. I only like exclusively oh, pumped hated with my first. So it's much the worst. I, I felt like it. a cow.
0: I remember I had a registered for the pumping bra, and I was sitting on my couch like holding it, and I was like, I feel like there's an invention that would make this better. I have this like Amazon has this thing so I like you know two days later I had the pumping bra that thing saves your life oh it's the best thing ever get a
1: pumping bra if you don't have but I was just talking to my friend she just had a baby and it was right before she gave birth I was like do you have like your pump yet she was like trying she didn't even have a pumping she didn't even understand that she was going to be pumping and I remembered that like not really knowing uh, like how often I was going to be chained to this pump before oh, I, I know. had I know. my first and I refused to use it really with my second and I ended up getting mastitis so there is a yeah. there is I a know. middle ground with the pump and not the pump, whatever works for you but like you don't know that first time like you have to boil the parts you have to yeah. do all this stuff because you're not going to have any time to figure it out no. no when the baby gets here so let me ask you this question I've just been dying to know what it's like to deliver a baby in general not as a mom but like what is that feeling like to be there for with women when they become a mother,
0: it's just it's so like it's like so exciting, and you just so like I feel honored like to be there, I really do. Like I delivered one last night, and. You know, it's just, it's... I sometimes deliver people I just meet, right? Like, I mean, some of my partners... Yeah, they're not your patients. Yeah, like a lot of times. Um, or I get to... I did an... Ass, I assisted in a C-section yesterday that lady I just met. And it's still so exciting. You're still just yeah. like a part of that.
1: You're a part of their lives forever. I like, think, I'm like attached to my yeah, OB. Yeah,
0: and you can tell that you are. I mean, maybe they'll yeah. forget you in a while. But like, I don't no, know. never. It's, it's so fun. It's just like, uh, the you get to be part of the best day of their lives, right? Mm. And um I just always... Like the first time I saw a baby being born, like so cheesy in medical school, I was like, I want to do that. That sounds like That's so what cool. I do. But then I like was like, oh no, I can't do that. And it took me a while to come back to it. But you're bringing life into the world. It was, and I mean, honestly, moms do all the work, and I tell them that after every delivery. Like I'm like, they always thank you, and I'm like, you really did all the work. I mean, they really do. I'm I'm a baby catcher for most of the time. You know, I like I'm there to to be supportive and to be there for like the crazy stuff that can happen and does happen. Um, but a lot of times when things go really well, you're a baby catcher, you know, yeah. and, but it's still super fun. I love it.
1: I was talking to a psychologist who was on my show um, last time and she was um, talking to me about how, you know, the birth experience is so important to women. And she works with a lot of women who have trauma from their birth experience, not going the way they wanted to. What What is the way that you deal with the birth plan and like kind of bracing women for that?
0: Birth plan, happy mom, healthy mom, healthy baby. Yeah. Like I mean, you can bring your birth plan. I don't care. You can have a doula. I don't care. That's totally fine. Um, I just want healthy mom, healthy baby. I don't need. That's your
1: goal. Yeah. Your outcome. Like, and yeah. When,
0: once people ask me, like, because a lot of people come and they're like, like, what is? Do I need a birth plan? And I tell them that, and they're like, Oh, okay, yeah, me too. And then that's the conversation, you know. But then right. I I tell them, okay, but but. There are some, if you want to look online, there are some like actual birth plans with checkboxes and they're really reasonable for the most part. Like, yes, I want my partner in the room or these are the people I want in the room or these are the, you know, things I want like to bring with me, you know, and it's just like totally reasonable things that sometimes I feel like the birth plan has become a little bit crazy because I'm like, well, of course you can have those things. Why do you need a, why do you need a piece of paper that makes like you you sign it to say that it's okay? Like, of course you can, you know? Right. Um, but sometimes if people feel like they need to write it down like i'm totally for that um and you know sometimes you won't know the people like you won't know the nurses and the nurses are a really integral part of your labor and delivery so the nurses to you know yes you've talked to me about it a ton like okay you don't want um you really want an epidural or you really try not to want to try not to get an epidural okay then that can be part of your birth plan and um you, you know, as we've talked about it. And so we know, and you probably don't need to write it down for me, but maybe you do need to write it down for like any of the nurses that are going to be involved. You know, what is the
1: science really with the epidural versus no epidural? I mean, what is there a difference really? I mean, are we doing any service to our children by not using an epidural? The
0: only thing that epidural is ever shown to decrease or increase, it increases the time of pushing. So the, the second stage of labor as we call it, but so it can increase the time of pushing.
1: Okay, that's it. Yeah, but it okay. doesn't
0: increase C-sections. Yeah, no.
1: I'm an epidural girl all the way then. <laughs> no, me too. I, um, I
0: modern had, medicine is good.
1: I love modern medicine, truly. But ha- if you don't want yeah. one, that's fine. Yeah, you know? they're great. I mean, like, hey, oh my God, I got to four centimeters with my second without one and that I won't that was the most pain I've ever been in and never hoped to be in again. You I don't need to experience five, six, box. seven, eight, nine, or 10. I am four was <laughs> enough for me. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I rolled up to the hospital like in a wheelchair and I asked the valet for an epidural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband was like, he can't give you one. You have to get up to the hospital. And <laughs> it took them like three hours to give it to me. I was like, I have. My doctor I looked at me. He was like, you're, you're ready for that epidural. I was like, give me the epidural. I
0: epi-. know that my pain tolerance is low. Like I know that. Um, so my friend's an anesthesiologist, I'm like, can you just come to my house and give it to me? Like when I'm like starting to feel a contraction you know obviously she can't but I just really would have liked that I had
1: a v-back with my second and like I was sort of told by my doula and everyone and my my OB that like if I could just go as long as possible without one because it does have the tendency to slow down contractions like i should try to do that so i was just hell-bent on having this v-back and i'm at home just like i can't breathe oh i'm gonna have a car baby i mean i really thought i was deliver gonna deliver this baby in the yeah. car and i got to the hospital they were like ma'am you're three and a half centimeters dilated i was like okay well whatever i <laughs> thought i was gonna have a car baby
0: yeah no that's very that's very normal <laughs> it's painful enough for me yeah
1: so um how long have you been in practice um, let's see this is my
0: like eighth year is an op gin but fourth year in private practice.
1: What is the one thing this is a question that I got over Instagram when I shared with my followers that I was interviewing you today um that you encourage women to do to take care of themselves throughout their pregnancy, and I mean, I guess right after they've had a baby
0: um i like I really do believe in the healthy mom first, to make sure that you know your baby's safe and healthy. You have to pay attention to your signs, um, to your, just how you feel and take time for yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be a massage. It it can be, but it doesn't have to be something like, like that. Like a grand gesture. It could be something small. It can be like, I really, someone once told me, and I really do think that's like such a good idea is to someone come over like for the postpartum period, especially if you're having friends or family come over, give them a job. Like they cannot come over and just hold the baby while you sit there. And then they can hand it back to you when the diaper needs to be changed. Like, give them, like, if they want to come over, they better be good friends or family. Yeah. They have an assignment. You can, you, okay, thank you. I'm going to take a shower. Or thank you. I'm going to go do this or that, you know? And I think that's super helpful um, because you, re- you're, I was like reeling and all the, looking at my house, like all the things that needed to be done. And then when you had family and friends come over, like all that had to be put on pause and you're just like sitting there like oh my gosh, I have so many things to do. And like, I think once I realized like, hey, you know, if you're really coming over and you want to see me in this like really raw state, like you're going to be okay with me leaving you here. Yeah. think visitor go. shouldn't feel like an interruption yeah. during that time. Yeah. Um, and so I think that helps just kind of, I don't know, bring you back to like thinking about yourself first sometimes. Um, and in pregnancy too, I mean, I don't know just take time for yourself take time for yourself for relationship for the family that you have already and just kind of forget you're pregnant sometimes I yeah. think that's the best days when you forget you're pregnant right um because there's so I just was such a complainer in the whole day every day I feel like to anyone who would listen <laughs> it was painful it was not oh, for just, you yeah not for me but um I just think I'm a wimp too. So
1: funny. I think I'm just like progesterone is my hormone of choice because I am the happiest pregnant person. I have that baby and I'm just like, oh my God, (laughs) I wish I wish. give me my progesterone back right now. Yeah. Well, Dr. Megan Pallister, I could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up, but it was an honor having you on the show. And if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram and get some of your wisdom through their social media feeds, they can follow you at Dr. Megan Pallister. Thank you again for coming on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. And
1: Thank you all for listening. This is Laura Max Rose. You've been listening to Look Ma No Hands. I hope you'll subscribe, share it with your friends, and we'll join you again next Tuesday. Talk to you soon.